So, it's been some time since I shared anything related to emotions um, and feelings. And holding space and flowing and being with the energy in a particular place or space. So, um, I thought I'd share kind of like a little background and then some struggle and then maybe some exercises or reflections. So holding space is one of those terms that's really inflated in the spiritual community right now. And I didn't actually know that the first time I had used this term, like, years ago. Um, and I was with a partner who was, like, really, like, like, it was just, like, wrong. Like, there was just something wrong with the idea of holding space. And I was like, oh, okay. Um, and I just kind of let that title go. And I, but it was still fulfilled and congruent with like something, but I just, I didn't call it that. And so I'm going to like kind of go off of what my intuitive understanding of holding a space is, which um, is, is basically... Having an environment or a container or a body or a tool or an element that essentially supports you as you. And it's different from meeting in that holding space is my understanding of it kind of intuitively but also from hearing other people casually talk about it um it's supposed to it's meant to be this this healing space it's supposed to be an opportunity you know supposed to be an opportunity for you to be a different version of yourself, an enhanced or a changed or a growing or a grounding or an enlivened or passionate or an angry part of yourself. And I think that 
there's there's this incongruency between the reality of of holding space and and meeting somebody where they're at so coming from a person who's never actually had anybody hold space um for her that felt real or sustainable or authentic or just true I don't really I have a peppered understanding of if I relate to this practice as being something that is actually like beneficial because what I've noticed is that there's so many places and spaces that are that are containers but the container has limitations or restrictions or inhibitions or you know just isn't safe or isn't there's just not this oneness from it that comes when you're actually feeling safe and you're actually feeling connected and you're actually transcending you're actually growing and you're actually like healing what i found is that there's a lot of people we're all humans we're all earthbound beings but there's a lot of people that seem to be practicing this sacred container or this holding space or this, you know, circle or this like journeying experience that really aren't transparent in what their direction or intention or the outcome or the really like a lot there's like a lot missing from from understanding how to create a safe space and so I've had this understanding in this sphere for quite a long time and maybe it's a self-fulfilling prophecy in that like you know I don't know until I try but even when I've just like kind of tiptoed into the idea of it, it just, I can't actually drop in. Um, and it's, and it's interesting because I would think that since I'm so sensitive, it would be easier or, or deeper for me to drop in um deeper naturally maybe I'm not sure um but what I've found um is that when I hold space for myself through the mirror exercises or through journaling or videoing or audio messages like I can enhance my own practice and my own self and, you know, they say that you're not really a healer if you can't heal other people. And they also say that meditators can practice whenever if they're by themselves. And 
and there's all these there's like these two dominant ideas about like I feel frustrated about some of the limitations that I do have as a healer um and I you know in a lot of my messages I'm like calling out to this like spiritual community or setting the intention of wanting to be part of an enhanced um environment energetically and so I I am lacking in that I'm not part of a spiritual community and um I think if I had grown up with the knowledge of these practices being a gift in some particular way I'd be able to know where that is that I belong um but in the I in the well in the reality of capitalism if you don't have something physically a physical good or service to sell it's kind of like you're not worthy of selling it you know and I think that also comes back to like the masculine and feminine gifts is like the masculine gifts of like acquiring and conquering which is something you can visibly see is much more respected and valued and honored than you know the feminine gifts which are energetically and emotional you know and yet we need both we do and maybe it's starting to change but uh, the reality is that we have a long way to go to come into balance as a culture and as as a society. And I don't happen to subscribe. Okay, anyways, I'm getting off, t- off topic. So, <sighs> so understanding that holding space is this like place that can be some sort of healing or yearning or or opening or deepening experience like you know that's something I think we can all subscribe to in a particular way we can all relate to it no matter where we're at in our healing journey no matter what our spiritual reflections are no matter what our psychological reflections are or biological reflections we all understand the balance of like what our body needs, what our mind needs, and, um, what our soul needs, you know? And, but it's like, how do you get there? How do you get there if you're a super sensitively charged person, or you feel a lot of, like, concerns, or you have a lot of hesitations, or a lot of blocks, or, you know, you just have all these limitations, and I'm saying the same thing over and over again, obviously, um, you know, and, and, <sighs> it's so fascinating to me that the world can be full of so many resources and tools through the invention of technology, and yet, we still are questioning
are still questioning, you know, there are still questions and there are still problems and there are still like, you know, there's this lack, there's this like scarcity idea. There's like, um, you know, this, this never enough or too much idea, you know? And, you know, it just really shows how effective the system is in brainwashing us to be part of something greater than ourselves. And do that in a way that serves something greater than ourselves. Outside of ourselves. Not through ourselves. And it's complicated and confusing because so many people are, aren't even aware that this is happening. You know, they're not even aware that they could, they could live in their bodies. They're not even aware that they could live without their bodies. You know? They're not even aware that everything is temporary. They're not even aware that you will feel something different. You know, there, people are so caught in being numb. Numbed out by technology, by food, by entertainment, by negativity, by toxicity, by mediocrity, mediocreness, whatever the word is, um, normalcy. Um... That they don't, they don't, they won't, they won't ever change or grow or heal. They'll just be caught in the hamster wheel doing the same thing over and 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 over, 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 again. Now, have you ever watched a hamster? They actually don't do that. It's so ironic, some of these, like, quotes and sayings that we have in our culture that are, like, so fake they're so wrong it's just a metaphor it's just rhetorical it's just it's not literal um it's it's an exaggeration um it's dramatic you know a hamster actually gets off their wheel a lot (laughs) they get off they get back on they get off they eat drink some water they get back on they get off they roll around, they get back on. You know, they have this, this like, balance in being and, and doing, you know? And most animals really do. <sighs> so, with the idea of animals... Hmm. 
Maybe I can think of some examples about this. Through animals. So it's interesting for me that I have some blocks about talking about animals and related to holding space because to me, it happens so much for me with animals that I'm like almost trying to like not let it happen anymore so that I can (laughs) practice with humans (laughs) so you know but for example I'll I'll give you a I'll tell you a story that's pretty consistent with Oliver which is um So if you know anything about Oliver or Golden Retrievers, then you know that they're pretty, like, loud in their bodies. Um, They have a lot of needs for attention, for intimacy, and for connection, and just, like, lots of energy, so to speak. Um, And I've known that about Oliver and about the breed for quite some time. And so when I acquired Oliver, I made a point to make sure that I was managing his energy in in a healthy way. And one of the ways that I have found to do that, so a lot of people that have animals have like a pattern of like, um... maybe like running them a lot that's a good that's a good pattern a lot of human owners have so running them a lot just like making sure they get all of their their physical energy out they don't really understand how mental energy impacts their dog as well so most for so for like the first like couple of years I had Oliver I had a practice of getting physically exerting him quite a bit um that was also my practice too like I really want I knew that I had a lot of energy and needed to get it out somehow and I just just like ran 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 and and did 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 did, and worked work 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 worked you know and I've come into an understanding now of how I've kind of like set that expectation for him and so I'm trying to back up a little bit and have this this balance of just being um now it gets complicated because I don't want to suppress his energy I don't want him to think that he can't express himself, you know? So that means I have to find activities that are really dense and stimulating mentally to have that balance, you know? And it's the same thing with humans, you know? If you don't have any mental stimulation or emotional stimulation or spiritual stimulation 
you're going to deaden that part of yourself. It's like that old saying that, you know, if you don't use it, you lose it. It's the same thing. You know, you can practice enhancing anything. I think that's controversial, but whatever. I don't, I think that you can really be anything you want to be. Um, you know, with the right re- tools, resources, and consistencies. And maybe that's what my problem is, is I've been trying to be something my entire life instead of being myself. Um, but anyways, for simplicity purposes, I just explain this balance of physical and emotional needs. And so, coming into a more relaxing presence, practice of like slowing down and tuning in and observing. And animals do this so well, naturally if we let them, if we're not trying to control them and limit them and restrict them and project onto them and inhibit them, you know? So I'm remembering some other stories, but anyways, holding space. So part of holding space is knowing that the practice for which you're holding space for is, is going to enhance the person's experience in some particular way. So for example, many people need space held for them for grief or for mourning. Um, I happen to not need that, but I'm really, really good at holding that space for other people. I need someone to hold space for my anger, (laughs) but so few people want to do that they're afraid or they're intimidated or they don't want to be traumatized think it's irrelevant or whatever their pattern or process is for knowing or relating to anger in a particular way and also yearning that's another one that I I really like could use some some support and holding space for and so I do practice accessing those energies on my own obviously but part of my issue is that for so long I've suppressed these ideas in myself or blamed or shamed or criticized or limited or diminished and the dominant culture reinforces that too um so now I'm like you know I'm like caught in like overdrive where I'm like trying to get caught up trying to get caught up trying to get caught up and it just feels like none of it's ever gonna be enough And, you know, then that gets complicated with these ideas of capitalism of, like, not enough or too much when, you know, I know myself and I know that I need a dense practice because any energy that you want to embody has to match your, your energy, the energy of yourself, your beingness. So, like, for example, if you are a really aggressive person you should also love very aggressively. If you're a really happy person, you should also grieve in a really large way. You know, so it's part of that pendulum that comes into our practice of knowing the balance of all these energies and how they show up and where they show up and when they show up. And, and, you know, knowing yourself um, and being with yourself and being able to recognize when and where and how and feel that and ask for that and speak to that. And, you know, you can't do it all at once, but if you just can become a little aware of some of the little needs that you have, the more that you acknowledge it or speak to it, the more 
it'll grow the more that it'll get easier and you'll enhance it and so hmm so holding space to enhance your experience and um or the experience of others so back to oliver so oliver had to essentially be taught to kind of slow down and tune in and be mindful because well honestly most people don't teach their dogs that period um but another part of it is that he has so much energy and so sometimes I do these little games with Oliver where I'm like um I'm not sure how I feel. How do you feel? You know? And so I'll ask him or I'll check in with him. And sometimes I can tell by his nonverbals. Sometimes I can tell by the way he changes. Sometimes I can tell from the environment. Sometimes I can tell just because I know him and it's hard to explain with words sometimes how I know but you know intuition is not like really magic I mean it is kind of but more sensitivities and observations you know it's not anything that can't be taught or learned or experienced from any being um that's why I love using Oliver as an example is like he came to me not like this and I can say yeah I taught him how to do this you know and um you know he's a reflection of me and all my patterns and all my shadows as well and I embrace that and I recognize that there are practices and patterns and behaviors and experiences that I want him to have differently than what he's had because I've not been fully aware of the outcome of my training in him so for example he's extremely codependent not emotionally thank god like if um I've taught him to give me some space sometimes but also sometimes to connect with me when I'm emotional but the beauty of that is that if it's something real, he's already there. I don't have to ask. I don't have to look. I don't have to think. He's just there. When it's something really, really, really important, he can sense that and he shows up. So... I'm gonna tell another little story. Um, so, um, wow. I actually have only shared this story with one other person, and um, the person was, I guess, like a really like safe person to share this with because their expression. Um, this story was also extremely validating for me 
Um, but it's complicated. Um, so hopefully I can get everything in it that, that matters and makes sense. Um, but I was at one of these, um, <laughs> spiritual retreat things, holding spaces, safe places, um, energetic exchanges, I don't know, something. It was something within a particular community, um, that I shit talk a lot on Instagram. Um, <laughs> and, um, we had, we had taken a break, um, from the activity and I was, was tired and I decided to take a nap in the grass, in the earth, grounded and safe and balanced and I was there for about 15, 20 minutes, I think, and was not totally asleep, but really like, like kind of like a deep meditative state, like consciously aware of things around me but not so responsive to them that I was interfered with in any particular way and um, I'd been in this place and space a lot and I generally felt pretty safe um, with the earth here and with the grounding and the validation and the connection and um yeah and <sighs> this man comes up and and touches me I don't remember where he touched me but I woke up and I said, don't fucking touch me. And, you know, he, he like, I don't know, pulled his hands back or like apologized or something, but it was not enough. <laughs> I was super triggered. And I don't even remember what it happened if he, if he, I think I told him to go away. I think I told him to leave and he left, you know, and I had previously felt really uncomfortable with this person, but I, I felt like I had a kind of like clear boundaries with him kind of clear boundaries. That's so funny. We made eye contact at one particular time and I try not to make eye contact if I can help it because it's a really connecting deep soul relate re, like relation to another being. And so and I remember when I made eye contact with this person, you know, the the words that he had said were just like really powerful but <sighs> there was just something off. And I can't, I can't put words to it. Just an intuitive thing. And, um, we went back to the group 
and um you know I think mostly I was able to compartmentalize and leave that moment in time where it was at Um, but a lot of me went back to a lot of the times that I felt um, violated in my sleep and interfered with in my in like super vulnerable place of, of basic safety and how like little people actually understand the value of sleep in the value in 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 the the vulnerability that that is and um i remember towards the end of the day um this may have actually happened at the beginning but Anyways, I'll just I'll just tell it. So, you know, this this person, I'm going to give them an alias name. Let's say Alex. So this this person Alex um was like, I don't know, trying to connect with me in some particular way and I was just kind of ignoring them just not like really obvious about ignoring them but just like dismissive and not engaging and they like so I'm, I'm that, that's the energy I had that's not actually what I did what happened was is they like you know came up to try to talk to me I think and before I even said anything Oliver had moved to sit on the other side of me to where um, he was between me and this and this person this and this Alex person and um, I wanted to cry because it was so validating to me to see Oliver like reinforce the reality that I wasn't even conscious of not feeling safe with this person. I didn't communicate it in any particular way. But he knew that there was something that he needed to be there for. And, you know, this person has been in this, you know, community <laughs> for a long time you know and so they're seen as trustable and safe and you know I'm I'm new or was new and so it felt confusing to me that this person had a particular reputation and was welcomed yet my reputation with my sensitivities and my inability to feel safe consistently with men 
is is not and um I say a gratitude prayer almost every day for the reality that most beings don't feel the sensitivities that I feel. And I and I hate that I have to do that. But it's been such a confusing, overwhelming process to be in this body and to not be understood. And, um, you know, that goes to pay the gratitude for the the human that I shared this story with, which was my aunt, you know, and, and I even had to like, you know, she was so validating in her response. Um... I had to like, you know, make sure I told the story correctly and I wasn't manipulating in some way. So I re re I like, you know, I like rewind and was like, well, but, 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 and she was like, I don't fucking care. <laughs> you don't touch someone when they're sleeping that you don't know. <laughs> and it was just like, oh my gosh. That's so true. It's so real. And then I even had this process at that event where I'm like, oh, well, it's just one moment in time. I can just get over it, you know? And those are those, like, ideas of, like, how mindfulness is not the answer to everything. You know? And, like, how these these containers have such limitations because of the hierarchical structure that they exist in. And so um so the reality is though that when you are really present in your truth and in your story no one can tell you different no one can tell you you're wrong no one can tell you you're right no one can tell you you're flawed or you're perfect because you are who you are and you can't be anybody else and my reaction is kind of fascinating to me in two ways um and I'm gonna just add this to the story from the place of like the masculine and feminine like energy exchange so the feminine desires a man that is true in his presence and his direction his clarity unconditionally just as much as the masculine desires a feminine being that's radiant and empathetic and full of life 
as much as or as unconditionally as possible and when I expressed my anger to that situation and that man Alex got defensive and pulled away that was a lack of presence so even if I wanted like say I didn't feel creeped out by him and maybe I didn't actually know my intuition or there are so many different experiences related to that person that reinforced my spiritual practice that is not aligned with anybody else in that community whatsoever but in my truth I know that that man is not trustable because he wavered his presence at my anger which my anger was like I don't know maybe 10% on the scale of 0 to 100 but it was unpredictable which makes it even more powerful um And it's fascinating to me that, you know, these, these patterns come up so quickly for me, yet nobody else sees them. And so, you know, for another, as another, like, example in that story, um, If I was, you know, an unconditionally loving being without trauma from, from being, you know, penetrated in my sleep without permission, um, I could have, you know, connected back physically with the person where they touched me and gazed into their eyes and said, you know, thank you. Um, and I, I keep trying to decide if that's some sort of trauma I need to heal. It's going back to these stories of Western North Carolina and reframing or being more present or whatever. And, you know, I don't know the answer to that, um, question. Um, and, but, I do want to go into, like, a few other exercises about holding space and how to create safety and, um, so, I think more than, okay, so, So the thing that's screaming at me right now 
is consent. And in order to have consent, you have to have boundaries. In order to have boundaries, you have to know yourself, your relationship with safety, your relationship with validation, and your relationship with connection. So essentially all the other phases of this program. I just called this a program. I'm going to like vomit on myself now. I don't know what else to call it right this second. Um... Another thing that's screaming at me is communication. Having an opportunity to communicate clearly maybe, you know? I wonder if my spontaneous reaction was enough to traumatize him into not actually doing that ever again. I don't know. I don't actually talk to that person anymore. I also wonder if I had known less about this community, if I would have felt safer about communicating what I experienced or witnessed. And if I had embraced the reality of my bravery and my transparency, that the activities or the the whatever we were doing that day the healing um journey the journeying we were doing i could have channeled that energy into that practice and healed you know years and years of trauma of like being penetrated in my sleep <sighs> um But I was so afraid that I was going to offend this person or that they would know or they would punish me for speaking my truth or even feeling what I felt that I I didn't. Like, I didn't. I just didn't. I couldn't. It was too dangerous. It was too... That would have been too vulnerable and that, that would have been selfish of me and I would have been taking away from that person's experience and I just, I'm already selfish enough as it is so I can't be more selfish. <sighs> These are some of the patterns that come up for me sometimes but the reality is is that no space that's held is perfect. I happen to have had a lot of history with that community, with that space, with those people that limited my ability to actually feel totally safe there. And... unfortunate that that such sets such a precedence 
and that When in a holding space in a community, it can be one of the most nourishing, enlivening, healing, deepening. It can be essentially almost anything that you need it to be if you show up with that energy and that intention. And you're really present with that as an opportunity, that particular moment in time and no other time. If you have an imagination, an imaginative or visualization practice that can bring in experiences from your past to enhance your experience in the present or to manifest your future. Wonderful, wonderful. Um, but if you don't and you can just be present and regulate your body, be in your body, know your body, feel your body. That can be enhancing for you. Um, still struggling to like give exercises. Um, so I think one of the I'm bring a little like another part of the story. So one of the the really powerful parts about this this space is that they didn't really use tools. You know, they didn't have like gadgets and gizmos and you know, it was really powerful. Um and I really appreciated that because so much authenticity showed through in the facilitators. And I think that because of the energies of the facilitators, so much more healing was possible there than could have been without them. Yeah, it was outside, it was in earth, it was in nature, on earth and nature. And so the elements and the environment was enhanced by that experience um they followed along with um this model of education that was to kind of like go against capitalism so and when i think about going against capitalism i think about living without technology and it's like complicated because you know like toilet paper is considered technology and I don't actually want to live with toilet paper either but nonetheless mostly what that means is that devices you know internet electronics um and that seems that showed up pretty consistently in that like there were no phones ringing there was no you know I think it's beautiful I don't think there was actually cell phone service out there but um 
which is something to consider when you're wanting to like live in a particular space or be part of a healing journey is like that's kind of like a natural and logical like consequences like you know if they don't have technology they can't if they don't have service they can't use their technology and so that's kind of fascinating to me um and appreciate that about other places I've spent time at too but it's also complicated sometimes um but anyways so what that means is you literally only have yourself and each other so if you've ever gone camping it's like real camping not like glamping it's kind of like that you know you figure out a way to be resourceful with what you need and what you have and figure out a way to connect with the elements and you just figure it out you know and sometimes you're traumatized and sometimes it's temporary and sometimes you hate it and sometimes you love it you know but what I would say with that is that it it inspires a different way for you to connect with with yourself so for example breath work Nonverbal communication, listening skills, speaking skills, attunement, movement, sounds, stories, music dance all of these are examples of the elements that go into holding space Knowing these elements in which you want to focus on and which you want to deepen and which you want to be aware of or which ones you don't care about or which ones aren't don't matter that much or which ones are not essential right now is essential to your relationship with your ability to hold space energetically, emotionally, physically essentially it's about human connection <laughs> and human communication and transcending patterns through sorcery and highly sensitive beings vulnerable populations and tools tools that are supportive of your understanding of what the space you want to have to be held for is your space designed to ignite passion or is it designed to ground you or is it designed to help you mourn or is it designed to heal your soul soften your body express anger 
generate revenue? Build teams? Grow children? Heal adults? Facilitate leaders? Empower leaders? That's probably better. Um, you know, and so having some, you know, oh, another one would be like journeying, um, facilitating journeying, either medicinally or uh, in other ways, maybe. Um, yeah. <sighs> Enhance gratitude. Facilitate matchmaking. imagine after meditating on this since it's been some time since I've considered what this would be like since I don't have any physical experience with holding space in a spiritual way that's been supportive of myself or other people in a group setting I feel some limitations to actually offering this um so I encourage you to reach out to other people who have had more experience with holding space if this is something that you want to do as a group setting my power and my strength is actually holding space in a more um, intimate setting rather than a large group setting so thank you for listening